0: and good morning morning. as jacob mentioned this is the beginning of the advent season and in this month of december the four sundays leading up to christmas we will be reflecting on the nativity story as found in luke's gospel we're going to be looking at the first 25 verses in luke one you can follow along on your phone or a tablet or a book or as the words are appearing on the screen and dan will lead us through those words so i invite you to join with me by standing either in your heart or physically before god as we hear these words from the book that we love many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he served as priest before God, He was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, He could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When the time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people god's very word thanks be to god and you may be seated during this advent season we uh, made available some advent books that we want to be able to read together uh it's put together by uh, max lucado and uh, last week we ran out we don't have anymore so they are on the way in fact they are in transit we were praying they'd be here today but they're not but if you would like one you may sign up in the back and we will deliver it to your house ASAP so that you can follow along it's a great devotional for families and activities for families to do as well maybe if you got it you read of the story of Max Lucado that's very gentle kind pastor who is caught up in a moment of road rage. Some kids on their motorbikes were teasing him of some way, and he was getting back at them. And in fact, he challenged them, hey, let's just finish this thing, shall we? And somehow he scared them off and they left. I thought, what what a surprising things for this gentle pastor to do and then he apologized in his book that he would succumb to something like this it reminded me of uh, another uh, hero of mine by the name of eugene peterson and he tells the story of when he was growing up he was bullied and uh, one day he had enough and this gentle young boy who turned into this gentle pastor thought back and he was winning and he pinned the bully to the ground and so he was on top of the bully and he was hitting him and instead of saying say uncle say uncle peterson said say i believe in jesus christ as my lord and savior and i'll stop and the bully wouldn't and so peterson said it again believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and I'll stop and so he did the bully said I believe in Jesus as my Lord and Savior and so Peterson got off him and the bully left him alone for the rest of his days now later in his life when Peterson was on the talking circuit he actually met a woman who said that bully goes to my church and is an upstanding member and a longtime member of the church, to which uh, Peterson chuckled to say that that was a gracious gift of God, and it was the very last time he beat the gospel into anyone. <laughs> <sighs> These gentle pastors, you never know what they might do. It's surprising that God could speak through them and work through them, just as God works through surprising people all along. We just finished a series on Jacob. It wasn't a series about Jacob, but of how God was doing his work through Jacob and through the family line. It was the big story of God, how God made covenant with Abraham and Abraham's family line. And through that line, he would not only bring blessing to Abraham's family, But God would bring blessing to the world through Abram's family. And we know that blessing to the nations was fulfilled in the coming of Jesus, the Messiah King, who came at the appointed time. How surprising that God could use people like this, scoundrels by the name of Jacob, to be part of his plan. So after thousands of years of twists and turns, God worked his plan to bring joy to the world. And so we read in Luke 1, around the year 6 BC, God surprises us by working through this very humble, gentle couple named Zechariah and Elizabeth to bear the good news that coming was Messiah King to bring salvation to all those who had come to him and acknowledge him for who he is. And this morning, we begin to remember that story once again of the birth of the great Messiah King. It was written by a man named Luke, a Gentile who captures the story of the birth of the Jewish Messiah. He interviewed eyewitnesses. He himself was not an eyewitness. He tapped into previously written narratives. and was a close friend of the great apostle. And being a medical doctor, he had the precision of a scientist and the sensitivity of a counselor. God used Luke's passions and gifts to share the bigness of God's great big story as it's told in the birth of Jesus. The time, we're told, is when Herod is king of the land of Judea. He ruled for about 40 years and was an exceptional person. He had an uncanny knack for making the right political moves at the right time. He erected palaces and fortresses that are still being visited today. And he reconstructed that tiny little temple in Jerusalem into this magnificent temple. And he taxed the Jewish people heavily for his projects, and they hated him for that. They called him a tyrant. And he was a paranoid king. He was so afraid of being assassinated, he assassinated himself not only thousands of people, but at least two sons and one wife for fear that they would rise up against him. And we all know the story, how he had to defend himself against the babies in Bethlehem who he felt and heard the story that they were a threat to his throne. In contrast to the power of the world is Zechariah and Elizabeth, an elderly, simple, faithful couple. Zechariah was a priest whose name means the Lord remembers and his wife Elizabeth whose name means the oath of God. Both lived lives that were well pleasing and honored God. And people imagine that when they came together to become married, that there was a great celebration. And then as their lives together continued, they had no children, which in their culture was a source of shame. We can imagine that they prayed to God for a child to relieve not only their personal sadness, but the sense of cultural shame, but uh, they had no children. So they continued on to be faithful and true. See, it was believed in that culture, not only the Middle Eastern culture, but the early Jewish culture, the God blessed faithful servants with children. And so not having kids was a mystery. The way that God works. But as we see, God is working his surprising plan in surprising ways. As a priest, Zechariah was authorized and appointed to be able to make sacrifices on people's behalf before god and there was a certain way that priests offered sacrifices when they went to jerusalem all of the priests in the land were divided into 24 different groups it says in luke 1 that zechariah was in the group of abijah and so every group went to jerusalem two weeks out of the year and then for that group there would be lots that would be cast of who in that group would go into the temple to make sure that the incense is burning before the holy of holies there was a priest who went in twice a day so let's see twice a day two weeks 14 days so you had a chance to be one of 28 priests priests who would go into the temple each year from your group. But each group had thousands of priests. Most priests didn't get that privilege to go in either at 9 in the morning or 3 in the afternoon to make sure that the incense was lit so so the prayers of the people was rising up. Well, this year, it fell on Zechariah. He entered in. He brought the fire to make sure that the incense was burning up. And as Zechariah was inside, there were people who were outside the temple and they were praying. And we know some of the prayers that the people were praying. And the prayers were, often, that God would bring freedom, deliverance for the people. Spiritual deliverance, and we suspect some political, national deliverance, because they were under the the thumb of the Roman government. And it says that an angel appeared. To Zechariah. The end of the Old Testament was 400 years earlier. 400 years of no prophetic word from God. And now, in the temple, to this humble priest comes an angel. And he's got a word. First of all, he assures Zechariah that everything is going to be all right he says do not be afraid which is how many times do angels say that in the bible do not be afraid when you happen to see one and he mentions zechariah by name to ease his fears do not be afraid for i have good news your prayer has been answered Prayer is that. The prayer of the people outside praying for spiritual deliverance. The prayer of the people outside praying for national deliverance. The prayer of Zachariah praying for a child. What prayer was it? Let's just say maybe it was all of them. Maybe it was all of them. Your wife, Zechariah, will have a child and better yet, according to the culture of that day, it will be a son to carry on the family name and you will not give him a name of the family, a name of your father, a name of an uncle or your name. You will call him John, which means God is gracious. And he will be like a nazirite he will not be a nazirite but he will be like that he will be singularly focused and all of his life will be focused on helping the people get ready for messiah king that's all he wants to do he'll be filled with the holy spirit even before he is born and he will preach the good news of repentance can repentance be good news? Well, of course, as we'll reflect on in a few moments. And he will grow a sense of expectancy that the Messiah is coming. All of this to a humble older couple. Not only given the privilege of having a child in their own old age but the privilege of being the ones to announce the good news the time has come salvation has come to the world and that's why the angel came so put yourself in zachariah's place what would your response be How would you respond to an angel who appeared up right beside you? Well, Zechariah's response was, how can this be? I'm an old man, and my wife is old. How is this possible? The inference being, give us some proof. Give us a sign. The angel said, I am Gabriel, whose name means I am the power of God. Here it's Gabriel who says, I stand before the presence of Almighty God. I do his bidding. He says, go and I go. He says, speak and I speak. And in the presence of God, he has given me this message for you, Zechariah. And you ought to be excited. But if it's a sign you want, here it is. The prophetic Voice of God has been silent for 400 years. What's nine months more? You will be silent. You will be unable to speak until the day the child is born. And now silence, instead of being a sign of God's possible absence, is now a sign of God's presence and God's promise and outside the people are getting restless they realize something extraordinary is going on on the inside and when he comes out they see it is something extraordinary that he had seen a vision and he cannot tell them what it is he can only give signs and gestures and possibly write things down and by evening the word has spread throughout the city of jerusalem The priest, Zechariah, has seen a sign. He has seen a vision. And the preparation for the coming of Messiah King has begun. And then the scene switches. The story ends rather quietly. Matter-of-factly. Zechariah returns home. Gabriel must have made an impression. He starts to write. To write about what his son will do. What his son will say. Elizabeth becomes pregnant. And in her thanksgiving and gratitude, it says that she went into seclusion for five months to reflect on what is going on in her life but also the life of her people to reflect on this promise god's plan is taking shape he is fulfilling his word and his promise using surprising people in surprising ways an example of god's grace and goodness and mercy So what are the lessons that are in this story for us today? Quite a few, but we'll reflect on just three. God's patiently working his plan, isn't he? No matter how long it takes, no matter the circumstances, no matter what walls are being built in the way, God has his blueprint, God has his plan. And his purpose will be accomplished. We don't know how. We don't know when. We don't know where. And in ways we rarely understand, God's working his plan. And no person, no thing, no situation will stop him. People will frustrate other people to make them even quit and give up. But nothing stops God's plan. The reason why our tradition holds to the centrality of God's great big story in the whole Bible. That God plans to bless the world through Abraham's family tree. The reason that we look at these Bible characters, and especially in the Old Testament, as descriptive and not prescriptive is to give each of us hope. Hope for God's plan for us as we read the Bible about God's great big plan to bless the world and how God decides to go through that and how God fulfills his promises through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah, and then to Jesse, David, Solomon, and on to Jacob and Joseph and Jesus. Just as God fulfilled his promises and the great big plan for his people, God is fulfilling his promises for each of us. The promises he gives to us. I have a plan for you. I have a future for you. I am with you. I will never forsake you. And all of those promises that he gives to us as a people and to us as individuals, promises that are sure and so we look at the great big story of god to remind ourselves my part of the story god is faithful to me too and so in a few moments for nora's baptism we not only celebrate god's promises to nora to the baker clan but we are reminded of god's promises to us to each of us I will never leave you I will never forsake you I think a second lesson in this story is that God's plan brings joy to the humble the message of the angel he says a couple of times to Zechariah, is a message of joy and good news joy for the people they have been praying for a deliverer the mechanism is now in place the coming is at hand and for you Zechariah, you who are a humble priest to you will come an experience of joy and what God has been working at for thousands of years takes hold joy is found In the continuing story of Jesus's birth that leads to his death Jesus who was born of a virgin who knew no sin becomes sin for us and offers his flesh and blood on the cross for us so that all who would believe Jew Gentile slave free could receive the joy. Granted, it is more joyful to celebrate birth than a death. But in this season of Advent, we are reminded that Christmas and Easter go together. By his wounds we are healed. And his birth verifies that what took place was not a myth, but something in recorded history. And while everyone and anyone can celebrate the Christmas spirit in their own way, it is the humble, those who understand who they are in the eyes of God. The humble are those who acknowledge that we need a savior. We need a deliverer. We need someone to save us from ourselves. The good news of repentance is that anyone who comes and acknowledges that who we are in need of a savior finds him and finds his joy to forgive us of all of our wrongness, to forgive us of our many bad choices, and to give to us a new life. I think... A third and a final thing to share this morning is that since the arrival of the angel to Zachariah uh, silence has changed silence is no longer tolerated as God's people we are no longer to be silent we are here to announce the good news the great deliverer has come The great forgiver has arrived. Silence was there for Zechariah for nine months, and then silence no more. So now we sing songs to go tell it on the mountain. Go tell it in the streets. Go tell it in our homes. Let's tell it to the world that Jesus Christ has come. I invite you to join me in prayer. Father God, how we bless you for this wonderful news that Jesus Christ has come. We bless you that you give to us as a people and as individuals a certain hope, not just a wish, but a certainty that you fulfill each and every one of your promises in surprising ways, mysterious ways. And yet you come through. How we thank you for this time of year where we remember the many promises that are fulfilled in the birth of Jesus. We thank you for how we can celebrate these As your people we give you thanks that uh, Anna's sister-in-law Anna gave birth to a healthy baby girl this week and we prayed for that and we just thank you and we know that the time of birth is a can be a, a stressful thing and so we we give you thanks and at the same time we lift up Genevieve and Annalise Grote, that uh, you will care and bless them as they have their babies grow inside and bring home to them uh, wonderful, safe babies. We lift up uh, Sharon's mom, Jan, as she recovers from uh, the surgery. And we also pray that you will give her uh, strength, emotional and physical strength, as she goes through the physical therapy that she needs and for Marlene too, recovering from her shoulder surgery that you would bring a complete healing for her and a relief from any pain or discomfort we pray for little Calvin we give you thanks that he has returned home we pray for continued healing and restoration and that you will be with him and his brother, Declan, and Shauna, and Kaylin, to surround them, Lord, with your comfort and your care. We join with Sue in praying for her family, for uh, a place for a granddaughter to live, continue to work spiritually in the lives of her family. We join with uh, Pastor Mary and Bruce in praying for Pastor Mary's brother Phil and wife Sandra, as they each deal with health and medical issues, and we pray that you would work through these so that you would uh, restore your light into their lives. That they would be open to the light of Jesus born in Bethlehem. We pray, Lord, that you will bring Recovery to them, but also a spiritual recovery as well. We join with uh, Roberta and Conrad in praying for Luke and his wife uh, as they establish their new home, their newlywed home in Minnesota. We bless you for Luke's job that we had prayed for. And we pray, Lord, that you will bless them with other godly couples other godly people to enter into their life and to find fellowship and community there we pray that you will lead and guide them we pray for those who are in need of uh, regular grace and goodness from you we lift up pam and david and joe that you will provide for them the the special needs that they have we pray for our neighbors we pray lord that you would use us as a continued light to share the good news of Jesus in a variety of ways. And we pray today and this week for our neighbors on Sunbrook. We pray, Lord, that you would give to them a double blessing this week in some way, and that they would know that this blessing comes from you. We thank you for our missionary partners And the privilege you've given to us to join with them in spreading the good news of Jesus both locally and around the world. Today and this week, we pray for the Walhoffs. We pray for Dr. Kim as she serves as a a medical missionary in Kenya, and for uh, Christopher as he teaches in the seminary there in Kenya that you will bless them, their son, Dominic. You will bless, protect their family and continue to use them to bring healing, to bring good news to the regions of the world that we will never visit and never know. And so we offer up these prayers and we offer up the prayers within our hearts, prayers we have for our family Prayers that we have for our places of work. Prayers that we have for our schools. Prayers that we have for our neighborhood. We lift up these prayers to you silently. For we know that you hear each and every prayer and that your Son intercedes for us on our behalf. And as best we know how, we offer ourselves to you. We pray these prayers in Jesus' name, and everyone agreed and said, Amen.